Lakewood Church received a $4.4 million paycheck protection plan loan during the coronavirus pandemic, according to federal data. The loan was dispersed in July of this year, and the church has received scrutiny from the public in the past for not opening the church doors during natural disasters such as Hurricane Harvey. Now the church has received the third largest PPP loan approved for a Houston area entity during all of July and August. According to the U.S. Small Business Administration data, which was released at the beginning of December, showed that Lakewood Church's PPP loan was created by Bank of America. The megachurch's hefty loan was the third largest PPP loan approved for a Houston area entity during all of July and August, according to Chris Matthews at Houston Business Journal. The church, like many other businesses, were hit hard by the woes of the COVID-19 pandemic. Lakewood's in-person services were halted due to the pandemic, but were able to resume in October at 25% capacity. According to a statement from Lakewood spokesperson David Loff, I think that's a Loff, the church's PPP loan was used to provide support for the church's employees. Loff went on to say, Believing the shutdown would only last a few weeks, Lakewood did not initially apply for PPP assistance during the first half of the program. However, as the shutdown persisted month after month, given the economic uncertainty, Lakewood finally applied for the PPP loan and has been able to provide full salaries and benefits including health insurance coverage to all of its employees and their families. Even with such a hefty loan amount, None of the PPP loan was used to supplement Pastor Joel, not Joel or Victoria Osteen, as neither of the pastors have received salaries from Lakewood Church since 2004. Lakewood Church wasn't the only religious institution in the greater Houston area to receive a loan over $1 million. Federal data shows that over 8,000 religious entities in the Houston area were approved for the loan. Of all churches approved for PPP loans, Lakewood received the largest in Houston. Feel free to give your thoughts on the matter. Now, if it is true that they haven't taken, like Joe and his wife haven't taken any uh, salaries from the church since 2004, that's pretty amazing. That's actually pretty commendable, right? Because then technically he's just doing that, you know, because he wants to do that. He wants to preach. So I think that's actually a pretty good thing. Give your Now that the election is pretty much over and is basically it is safe for the media to cover the Hunter Biden scandal, they ignored when the Post broke the story in October, things in Washington are getting back to normal. FBI and Justice Department officials are once again leaking the sleeves to their favorite reporters. The New York Times knew before the election that Joe Biden was the big guy in line for a secret 10% stake in a deal with the Chinese energy conglomerate, but the paper withheld the information from readers. Yet now that Hunter Biden admits he's under a criminal tax probe, the gray lady begins to stir. In a Friday piece about the perils of the probe for Hunter's father, the Times writes that the inquiry originally focused on possible money laundering, 
but did not gather enough evidence for a prosecution according to people close to the case. People familiar with the matter are also telling the Wall Street Journal that Attorney General Bill Barr kept two separate probes into Hunter Biden quiet during the final weeks of the campaign. Perhaps it wasn't Barr, perhaps it was the leakers who stayed silent to protect Biden, or maybe the leakers leaked but the media didn't want to hurt their candidates so they waited until after the election. In any event, the journal story says that in addition to the Delaware tax case, federal prosecutors in New York had been examining Hunter for a year as part of an inter- ter- yeah, international financial investigation that would have been worth knowing earlier. Sources always have an agenda, but when they are permitted to hide behind a cloak of anonymity, readers cannot judge their credibility and motive. Worse, readers increasingly don't believe reporters even when they try to tell the truth. Trust of the media was at a historic low before so many outlets betrayed their public duty during the campaign, complete with suppression polls. The supposed cream of the Washington press corps not only showed zero curiosity about the Biden's family's lucrative business schemes, they actively tried to debunk the Post stories as Russian disinformation or a smear. And what's crazy, if you were to like, if you notice, they soon after basically the election, right? They basically tried to claim that they were the ones that were like the front runners on this investigation that of this story is really weird. Not only must the probe be protected from Joe Biden's White House, but also from the FBI director Christopher Wray. Biden indicated he wants Ray to stay on, so the lackluster chief starts with an enormous conflict of interest, as will the eventual attorney general. In fact, a special counsel provision is to be used when there are conflicts of interest among investigators and prosecutors. This case fits the definition in every possible way. Most worrisome is that the foreign governments that tried to buy influence with Joe Biden by paying millions to his brother and drug-addled son know if they got anything in return and whether Biden has compromised himself. Hunter's biggest deals took place when his father was vice president and in countries where Joe was the frontman of the Obama, Obama, yeah, I can't even say his name, Obama-Biden administration, including Ukraine, Russia, and China. In China, our number one global adversary, Hunter made millions upon millions of dollars in deals with firms tied to the ruling Communist Party, and recall that Joe and his brother Jim were also involved in the 2017 planned deal with the energy conglomerate, according to Bobulinski, who provided his information to the public and the FBI. The potential implications for America's national security are enormous. The Trump administration has forcefully confronted China on numerous fronts, including trade deals, repression in Hong Kong, and among the Uyghurs in its military expansion in the South China Sea. As a result, Joe Biden will be under pressure from President Xi Jinping to take a softer approach. The decision is up to Barr when he announced he had elevated John Durham, the prosecutor probing the FBI spying on the Trump 2016 campaign, to the position of special counsel. Barr said he wanted to provide Durham and his team with the assurance that they could complete the work without regard to the outcome of the election. Feel free to give your thoughts about this whole situation. To me, this is kind of like almost like a too late sort of thing. Like, 
the media has basically suppressed this story. And even if they were to go after Biden now, it's not going to change anything because even if they were somehow able to get Biden out of office, you're just going to get Kamala. And the thing is, is Biden a figurehead or is he's going to be able to have the strength to prevent Kamala from basically taking over everything? Who knows? Let's see in the next four years will probably be uh, questionable. Larry Ellison, one of the world's wealthiest people, has moved to the state of Hawaii. He's the latest billionaire to leave California in 2020. And by leave, we really mean flee. Like most of the population in California, they are fleeing California. Ellison, the founder of the software giant Oracle, made the disclosure to employees in the company-wide note on Monday afternoon after Oracle announced that it was moving its headquarters to Austin, Texas. Following Friday's announcement, I've received a number of inquiries about whether or not I will be moving to Texas. Ellison wrote, The answer is no. I've moved to the state of Hawaii and I'll be using the power of Zoom to work from the island of Lanai. He added, signing off the email with a mahalo. Ellison, who, more than most tech billionaires, enjoys the high life, owns almost the entire island of Lanai, which he has tried to develop as an environmental and agricultural utopia. He recently launched a new wellness company based on Lanai called Sensei, and the remote island is heavily shaped by his business and philanthropic decisions. In recent weeks, Ellison's allies and corporations have had to manage a coronavirus outbreak on the island. Ellison's announcement comes just days after Elon Musk, a close associate of Ellison's, confirmed that he had moved to Texas in part because of Tesla's and SpaceX's business operations. A number of tech billionaires have voiced discontent with California's business climate and tax policies, which would matter tremendously to someone like Ellison, who has a net worth of more than 80 billion dollars. California has also been more stringent than other states with its COVID-related restrictions, which has angered Musk. And Ellison has said little about his feelings on those policies, but he has emerged of late as a rare Silicon Valley ally of Donald Trump. Pandemic, Ellison advocated for Trump to push for hydroxychloroquine, a drug with unproven benefits against COVID-19 as a possible treatment for those with the disease, although there have been quite a few cases that actually helped people. Feel free to give your thoughts on this situation. Now, I think it's smart for him to actually leave California. I think it's smart for pretty much everyone to leave California, right? I think everyone in New York and everyone in California needs to leave those states immediately. Because what those states are doing, what those governors are doing to the people in there, basically releasing, well, basically setting rules that are unconstitutional, that have no basis in anything scientific, that make no sense, and then it's so hypocritical on both of them because they both done really stupid stuff while telling other people you got to go do this and this and this and that and not that. It's just so crazy, right? But feel free to give your thoughts. 
Pinterest today announced it has settled the gender discrimination lawsuit brought forth by former COO Francois Broher. In August, Broher sued Pinterest alleging gender discrimination, retaliation, and wrongful termination. As part of the settlement, Pinterest will pay $20 million to Broher and her attorneys, and both Pinterest and Broher will commit $2.5 million toward advancing women in underrepresented communities in the tech industry, the company wrote in a filing. Pinterest recognizes the importance of fostering a workplace environment that is diverse, equitable, and inclusive, and will continue its actions to improve its culture, Pinterest and Brower said in a joint statement detailing the settlement. Francois welcomes the meaningful steps Pinterest has taken to improve its workplace environment and is encouraged that Pinterest is committed to building a culture that allows all employees to feel included and supported. Shortly after Brower went public with her claims, Pinterest employees staged a walkout in response to her accusations, as well as in response to the claims of two former black Pinterest employees. Prior to Brower's claims, Erica Shimizu Bangs and Ifeoma Ozuma accused Pinterest of racial discrimination. In addition to the walkout, a petition circulated throughout the company demanding system- systemic change. The change that sought entailed full transparency about promotion levels and retention, total compensation package transparency, and for the people within two layers of reporting to the CEO to be at least 25% women and 8% underrepresented employees. Since then, Pinterest has notably made some changes at the board level. A couple days after the walkout, Pinterest announced Andrea Wisham as the company's first ever black board member. In October, Pinterest added its second black board member, Salam Coleman-Smith. Pinterest says it has also enhanced its hiring and interview processes to try to improve diversity at senior levels, updating its inclusion training, and launched an internal wiki detailing how Pinterest makes compensation decisions. Feel free to give your thoughts on this thing. To me, I feel like this is a case of people wanting a company to get kind of woke. Because to me, I mean, if there's discrimination, obviously that is an issue. But you just hire people who are the best for the job at the time that you're hiring, right? To me, that's pretty simple, right? Just hire people that are actually going to do the job, period. Feel free to give your thoughts. Check out 40inbox.com to master your money, personal finance lessons and courses, and do you want to make money online? Learn the four steps to make money online in the description of this episode. Get a free stock worth up to $500 by joining Robinhood and linking a bank account. And automate your investing with Acorns down in the description below.